it goes right through whatever equipment. And for those of us in Southern California, we cannot buy the right equipment to wear as far as jackets and gloves to keep that wind and that cold out. Well, People they, that are they in cause Colorado, cancer in California, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like yeah, exactly. The, the water or the gloves? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Uh, you know, everything. You know, Wendy, one thing I would suggest, though, is uh, especially if you spent all summer long wheeling, water crossings, you know, Ooh, in yeah. water quite a bit. Ooh. You might want to go through and check all your fluids, like diff fluids yeah, and transmissions uh, and everything absolutely. else. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show flagship episode is brought to you by Realtruck.com with over 1 million plus parts and accessories for your Jeep, truck, and life. Realtruck.com is home to brands like Rugged Ridge, Go Rhino, Havoc Off-Road, Infab, Omix, Alloy USA, and more. Check them all out on Realtruck.com. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, the premier show for Jeep enthusiasts and hardcore off-roaders. Whether you're new to the Jeep world or a seasoned Jeeper, we've got you covered with the latest news, tips, and advice to help you get the most out of your Jeep. When I say tips, I always think about Q-tips. Do you guys think about Q-tips? Maybe my ear is itching. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) On tonight's episode and our news stories, Stellantis places former Maserati, Maserati, uh, exec, thank you, that's your brain not wanting to say it. <laughs> I know. That's exactly right. <laughs> Can't say it. It's, it's eject, eject, eject. In charge of Jeep North America. In Newbie Nuggets, uh, do you? how much do you prepare for your Jeep for winter? Uh, those those words just don't go together well with me. Do, well, you, I, do you do much prepare your prepare. Jeep? Okay, never mind. You say I'll, it. I'll reword it. You say it. <laughs> what do you do to prepare your Jeep for winter? How about there that? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry's panicking and changing his before I read it. <laughs> Fabrication frenzy, specking out wheels. I don't like speckled wheels. That usually means they're painting the road, and uh, I've just driven through it. Well, you do you there. <laughs> and, and, in our, and in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, the 5-watt Midland Mobile GMRS radio. And people are screaming, no, i got to have 50 watts. i gotta have all, I got to have all of them watts. Now nah, you don't. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and I have a couple of questions about winterizing your Jeep. Hi, I'm Larry, and can you spec out the wheels you want? Hmm. I don't want to brag. (laughs) (laughs) However. (laughs) Are we going to be talking about backspacing, Larry? Uh, I mean, because backspacing is important. Well, you know, we can't give it away right now. Ah, That's right. I tried. I tried, people. He tries every time. All right. So Stellantis moves Maserati. I'm going to have a hard time with that. I know the word. I can say it. Maserati (laughs) exec to key Jeep leadership post. And if you're wondering if this means that friend of the show, or should I say former friend? No, no, of course not. That friend of the show, Jim Morrison, is no longer going to be in uh, charge of Jeep North America. You are correct. Oh. I know. It just pisses me off. I'm, frankly, Why? I mean, I, I love Jeep and everything, but and I, and I know things like this happen. But damn it, Jim is a Jeeper. He gets Jeep. Yeah. And who the hell would you want to be in charge of uh, the, the organization, uh, especially in the, the, the area you live, North America? Why would you want somebody that isn't a Jeep lover? Now, I don't know that this Maserati exact isn't a Jeep lover. It doesn't get it. But I, I suspect that his, his time at Ford and Kia and uh, just, uh, I don't know, uh, all these other places, Maserati, just kind of signals to me that he may not be be a big jeep person i mean jim was yeah, been, been with jeep for like since 92 or something yeah so well, when they so when they called and asked your opinion what did they say did they <laughs> ask at all no no no, no of course how not. about they you guys no i didn't get the call larry it was probably one of those spam calls that we didn't answer that's right i didn't recognize the number <laughs> <laughs> there was no poll performed apparently uh, so, uh, the automaker is moving William Pfeiffer Jr., the current CEO of the company's Maserati luxury brand. The, you know, Jeeps are going up in price a lot. So maybe, maybe this Already is, <laughs> maybe this is a reason, uh, luxury Jeeps. 
Uh, but anyway, luxury band in America to the top leader position, leadership uh, spot for Jeep North America. He'll replace Jim Morrison, who will take over responsibility for the newly formed Jeep performance parts business, where he will lead the effort to capitalize on significant growth opportunities, according to a company announcement. Now, hey, wait a minute. I have something to say there. So if Jim Morrison's moving over, which is a great move for them, for, for Jeep oh, performance absolutely. parts. Oh, absolutely. However, you need the other component, the leader of the Jeep brand in North America, to be able to promote and get more business for the performance parts. So if the guy, the Maserati exec, doesn't know Jeep, how's he going to promote selling and us buying more Jeep so that we can then go to Jeep performance parts and change everything out? I'm just asking. If he's if he's smart, he'll talk to Jim a lot. Um, Maybe Jim can get us a 392 and a Gladiator. See, I'm thinking, you know, Jim told me when we interviewed him over a year ago, (laughs) when I asked him if there was going to be a 392 and a Gladiator, he said, if if I told you, then I would no longer have a job. He should have told me. (laughs) He just should have told me. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe we're going to bring one of those V12 Maseratis into one of those drivetrains. Oh, the hell with that. Okay. I don't don't know, stinking Maserati. You're gonna be you're gonna be sentenced to a Cybertruck, Larry, for that comment. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But by the way, if this gentleman wants to lend us a vehicle to test out in all of our different markets that we're sitting in, oh, I'd don't be, happy to don't do that. be a suck up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I will test that 392. Just give it to me. I want to go take yeah, it on the trails yeah, and try it. Yeah, no. Come on. Well, it, it really does sadden, sadden me because I was just so impressed talking to Jim and finding out just how interested he is in Jeep. I mean, more than just a job, he enjoyed driving those things and he had enjoyed going off road. I'm not saying he's not going to still enjoy that, but it made me feel confident that Jeep was on the right uh, track or trail. Yes, even, I know. Because of the guy that was in charge of it. I mean, he, he wasn't calling all the shots, but certainly he was in a position to uh, uh, morph things in the right direction. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Just yeah, like we will. Else. I mean, this uh, uh, Pfeiffer may be, a, uh, a, a, is, is it Pfeiffer? P-E-F-F-E-R? I think it's Pfeiffer. That actually makes more no sense. there's no I in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm sorry. That, but... I'm sorry, William. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's kind of the role of the people at that level, right? They're always getting shuffled around exactly. or, or moved. That's yeah. just, well, that's that just kind of comes no, with that No, I know. But it was it was just so cool having a, a big-time Jeeper uh, in charge of all the Jeeps for North America. Well, but he's still going to be helping to push the performance parts part of the business, and we're going to see him at all the events. Oh, and so as far as cool. jobs go, I mean, talk about fun. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you that's going to be design. a lot more fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the stuff he's going to be pushing to bring out? Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, yeah. Look out. So, so he may be helping us more than what he was able to help us uh, in, in his uh, uh, prior position. And this is this is as of December 1st. Uh, these changes wow. are as He's of like, December 1st. Oh, that's already happened. That's crazy. Just that's in crazy. time for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and, uh, and Wendy said it right. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and I don't know this man. I mean, uh, they, you have to kind of trust the Stellantis to do what they do, and hopefully they're making the right decisions. Uh, I don't like it because uh, I, I would prefer to, and I think I made this very clear, I'd prefer to have Jim still in the position that he was in. Uh, and and the, only, the only way that I would like this better is if uh, William Peeffer had been putting this position and Jim had been promoted to a higher position, then I then I really would have loved that, uh, but that aspect of it. But um, well, and and here's another angle because you know me, I always had to come up with something different. So is this William guy that good if he's been to all these other places? So is he on his way out of the automotive market? It, it sounds like to and me he can't hold a job. Him? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if he's been moving around, fudge. And you know, if you look at some of those brands, you're like, yeah, those uh, are those doing really well. Mm-mm. You know, I don't know. So. I, I was kind of oh. surprised. I, I didn't even know Solantis owned Maserati. No, I didn't either. I didn't know that they did. I, I, I just figured that he left that company. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, so what was it here? I'm looking at the story. Uh, let's see, Maserati, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, this is uh, the lady that they're talking about. Uh, and who cares that she's replacing him? Is that like a big thing? Yay, woohoo. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I uh, mean, Again, what's with this guy? You know, is he just like a hit and run guy? He comes in, shuffles it all around, I, makes a mess, and then leaves, or what? I'm thinking the guy's got some uh, some uh, pictures and doing a little blackmail. 
Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he has a picture of uh, Jim wearing a Jeep talk show hat. That's uh, oh man, that's it. That's it. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> I'm but, sorry, but, Jim. But, but kudos it to was Jim. actually a kilt, not a skirt. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Kudos to Jim because I'm sure it's a promotion for him, and I'm excited to see what he's going to yes, do. Yes, I, th- I, I bet you. I, I bet you it time. is a position with a uh, that is not going to be as. Um, trying uh on him uh personally and professionally uh and uh it does sound like a a much more uh fun job working with performance parts i mean making jeeps go faster and further and uh higher and uh wheel stands and i'm I'm sorry i'm getting out of uh i'm getting all uh, wound up here uh so so it is good i mean it's not like we're losing jim uh we're just uh, not having him in the position that he was in uh, prior so uh i think i can say this for the entire jeep talk show audience and team good luck jim uh yeah. we, we love you as long as you're uh, you're still in jeep it's a good thing for us yeah absolutely exactly. All right. Uh, should it be the end of the trail for the Jeep Cherokee name? Didn't we already have this like two years ago? They were trying to take that name away. I know, but this is recent. So Are they still trying to do that? Uh, apparently so. Uh, so here recently, uh, Gary D. Rhodes, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation, and that's not the, not the, a Jeep club. That's actually the, the Indian tribe Cherokees. Yeah, yeah, and Gary one Rhodes. Of, one of those stories. Yeah, and, and Gary Rhodes is definitely a Cherokee name. That sounds right. <laughs> and, and he's professor of media at Oklahoma Baptist uh, University. There's the problem right there. So, the word professor, give me a break. So a okay. Baptist is. I didn't realize that the Cherokees were Baptist uh, before. Uh, <laughs> okay, there's, there's a whole lot wrong with this one sentence. So you can here. you can join anytime. You don't have to join uh, before America got here. Uh, no. that's funny. It's America was always here. It requires that whole business card for that title. You know, yeah, there's, no kidding, I, huh? I, I know I'm going to get some crap for this, but when people talk about how we stole the land from the Indians and stuff, I always, I always say they should have had a better defense budget so they could have fought us off. God, okay, here we go. Here comes the letters. They're just Tony. <laughs> no, no, Nikki G. Always Nikki, Nikki G. G. That's right. <laughs> So it's been nearly a half century since the Jeep Cherokee, a military turned consumer vehicle. I never knew the Cherokee was was a military vehicle, but that's yeah, what it says. Was introduced to the market, stealing. And this is what Gary's saying: stealing oh my, my people's name. Oh, Indigenous Americas uh, Americans remain branded commercially and financially in a way no other people are. It's time for that to end. I mean, oh what gosh. the hell? I mean, what about White Christmas? I mean, nobody yeah. asked me about the uh, name of that movie, White Christmas. But it's called Grand. Isn't that good? <laughs> so Where's many, Josh when we need him? So many no, jokes. He was in on this two years ago <laughs> when we just barely said what the hell and the whole thing went, you know. Well, let's, downhill per- let's pretend this is new news and, and not this tell everybody new. this is okay. something we're retreading. It's a new story. It's a new story. story. I'm just saying, I can't believe that now somebody else is coming out. But honestly, I would have more respect. But Gary Rhodes, I'm sorry, that is not. Show me. Would would you liked it better? Would it have more Jeep to it if his name was Dusty Rhodes? No, (laughs) no, I would be better. (laughs) I know a Dusty Rhodes. A a Cherokee name. (laughs) But you could say, hey, you know, this is it. I mean. Stealing my people's name. I don't think anybody stole anything. I think they probably used it as a, I don't know, a, a, an homage. Homage, yeah. I don't you know? think that, I mean, I think it was just one of those things that was kind of, uh, uh, I, I mean, I think it was catchy. I think it gave you, you an know, idea that you're, it's an off-road, it's a rugged yeah. type thing, and it, this is a Cherokee. And I, I personally love the Cherokee name because you, know, you guys know about my XJ. Uh, and, and, of course, that's a proper Cherokee. No, it's grand stuff. That just confuses the parts people having the grand Cherokee. Um, but American Motors Corporation uh, began manufacturing the SJ Cherokee in 1974, even as the company itself had been repeatedly uh, bought and sold. Its owners, currently Stellantis, have held fast to the Cherokee brand uh, name, with uh, the word having uh, had particularly indigenous meaning in its context. Uh, Stellantis is a multinational automobile manufacturer based in the Netherlands. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I did not know it was based in the Netherlands. Uh, uh, 
So, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, in, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Fiat and then uh, Stellantis and I think probably even to a degree um, uh, Mopar uh, was doing was retreading names. I mean, they did it for the Cherokee. They did it for the Renegade, which wasn't initially a name of a uh, that was more of a model that they were using. But they, they regenerate or reuse these names because people already know the names. So that's just that's just smart marketing. So I can see why they would not want to get rid of the Cherokee name. I mean, what you going to call it? Uh, anything you call yeah. it is not going to be not going to carry the same weight. But this, well, but this goes down that same path of, you know, are we going to change every damn thing? I mean, look what's happened to the Washington Redskins. They changed the name and now the whole community wants to change it back to the Redskins. Sure. So yeah. I don't understand it. It's like Aunt Jemima. So you, you took off this woman off the, you know, image of the uh, syrup. When that was a uh, contribution to her and her family, and she was being paid, or the family is being paid, and then these pity people come up and say, "Oh my gosh, you can't put her on that on the cover of it." So then you take away their support. Come on, I mean, this is just—it's going, so, it's wrong. It's too, a couple too of shows ago, we did a story about how they're still making a Cherokee in China. Would that kill that one too? Well, I don't <laughs> think the Chinese are going to give a shit. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think they've already given us their thought process on that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just a shame. I've, it, it feels like that people are finding solutions to no problems. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, or, or, or creating a problem when there isn't one. Like, that's the other one. And then, oh, hey, let's just do this. I feel good about myself. I'm a professor. I think I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to get this changed. I, I blame really? the social media because well, it gives everybody a voice. Well, they're all these little, uh, you know, keyboard warriors. And, I, and I'm not saying that these they don't really feel what they're what they're promoting here. I'm sure they do. But but somebody I mean, there needs to be a governor uh, to, to actually throttle down some of these uh, these things that just kind of go overboard. I mean, maybe it's just me. I'm the, and I'm just like the old man saying, you kids get out of my yard. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I always try to keep that in mind that just because I don't agree with it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Uh, but but it generally is. <laughs> So some have uh, claimed, again, this is a, a, not Dusty Roads. I like that, Dusty Roads. Uh, some have claimed that the Jeep Cherokee is a tribute uh, to my people. Quick history lesson. The 19th century, the U.S. military forced my people onto Trail of Tears as an involuntary displacement of indigenous tribes for their homes in the southwest to land in the west. So I'm thinking that if they had given them all a, a Cherokee to drive, they, this whole story would have been different. <laughs> with a with air conditioning <laughs> yeah it is very sad it's very sad what happened to the indian people and uh it it shouldn't have had it should not have happened obviously uh but uh there's uh but it did that's history and has nothing to do with the name of a jeep well that's what i'm saying i don't understand i guess i mean i i understand you know what the u.s did to the indians not good 100 percent would say my would say that but it's when someone like this stands up and wants to change everything. It's like, well, is that really a legitimate reason to change? And I think that's the question. Mm. So, and you're going to get 50-50 on that. The people like myself saying, I don't see the problem. And then somebody who says, hey, but I'm from this nation and I do see a problem with it. So, again, I would love to know why that name needs to be pulled out and changed. And, you know, what is it that has happened that makes them want to, you know, get rid of it? So, by changing the name of the Jeep and what... Is that everybody who owns a Cherokee has to pull the name off, too? I mean, is that how that's going to work? I don't understand, you know? Well, I mean, what, what was going on in, uh, was it Iraq, that uh, uh, the Taliban was going through and destroying history? Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, just things that were hundreds oh, and thousands of years that's old. very sad. That's and and that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? Is that, you know, the, the history doesn't align with what we think now. I mean, history should always be used as a, a, a teacher. And a guide, it, not repeat itself. Yeah, and I, if and if you remove it, then uh, that means there's people that aren't going to be learning from history. And uh, I think that we're going to look back on this time not as um, this being a uh, a world of enlightened people trying to make things right. Uh, it's going to be look look back on this is just stupid that they were trying to do things that had no relevance. Uh, it just was done because a few people wanted to be uh, wanted to feel better about things. So what kind of performer do you think Jim Morrison will give us on a new Jeep? <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. 
What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, winter is officially here for most of us, you guys. I'm sure Larry probably has more of it than Tony and I do. Well, you're looking forward. you're looking forward to the eight feet, ten feet of snow, aren't you? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> nope. How about you, Larry? Do you have snow no. yet? No snow yet, but it's cold. I know. Getting we're getting there. cold, too, in Big Bear. Southern California has been kind of cold, but no snow or rain yet. But I'm sure Texas and Florida still have really nice fall weather. Oh, 60 degrees. Love it. Yeah. Just knock it off. <laughs> so here's the question I, get, I have. I get to sleep under the covers, Wendy. I know. You get to like, oh, I'm excited. The ceiling fan's still on, but I get to well, sleep under true. the covers. That's right, because you have super hot. Texas and Florida gets really hot, yeah. Well, I'm just kind of asking the listeners, what do you have to do to your Jeep to wheel in the winter months? Do you think about that? Do you make any changes? So I thought I'd just ask you guys, you know, do you, so Larry, do you, do you actually change your tires for when it does become winter and you've got snow on the ground? No, typically for us, the only thing I really change is I'll take the soft top off and put the hard top on only because mm-hmm. of the snow and everything piles up. I don't want to damage the top of it. Yeah, and then you know, this other, you know, the typical things like checking the uh, antifreeze and stuff like that. But that's for me. That's a, that's the typical uh, switch over into winter mode. And is that done before you think snow's going to hit, like right now, or is that done once snow hits for you? Uh, it, it'll be within the next week or so. I'll, okay. I generally try to do it you know, right after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas type thing. Yeah. Right. Try to beat the snowfall. Yeah. And then, Tony, I know you probably don't have to do anything. I do. Text- no, I do. do absolutely, yeah, absolutely. On and Tell this me. is it's a lot easier on the Gladiator. I set the 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 environmental system from low to seventy, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and and I get that nice oh. warm feeling. And if it gets oh. a little too warm, I'll bump it down a couple of degrees. I, I was just thinking, there's probably a lot of people in Southern California. I'm sure in Texas, Arizona, Florida, uh, that you know have their their tops off and their doors off and you know if it's 40 degrees it might be a little chilly but they just move on and do it you know but for us in big bear i've seen a lot of the jeeps uh in town that have their tops on and the doors are on those that can take it off and for us we just we don't make any changes on that i don't change any tires um pretty much run my mtx's the whole time sure and we do change out the fluids like like larry said just to make sure that the you know antifreeze isn't or not any freeze, but it isn't freezing, you know, if we want to right. do that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, you need to make sure that the, the mix is still good for whatever temperatures yes. you might be getting to. Quick question on the tires. You may not change the tires, but once you once it gets cold out for the first time, do you uh, air, air your tires up? Because I know that the air pressure will drop because the, the, the air is getting or the stuff inside the tires is getting denser. So it yeah. doesn't give as much pressure. I mean, I noticed today that my uh, 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 air pressures was was down to 30 PSI, which is about 5 PSI less than it normally is. Right. Yeah, it depends on where what we're doing and when's the last time I aired them up. Because sometimes if we're doing a bunch of different trails, we just leave them aired down and then I just check them before we go out. I might have to add well, them. Well, you, mu- you don't have very far to drive, so that makes sense. No, I know. But it's sometimes if they are aired up, then, of course, I'm going to double check that, too. So, But well, it is something you have to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. It's it's important for people that are concerned about miles per gallon. I mean, they got a Jeep, yeah. but they're still concerned about miles per gallon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it helps making sure that you keep that uh, PSI at its optimum point. Exactly. So the other thing that we do is um, I change out my gloves. So... You know, I have regular gloves that I always have in the Jeep for recoveries or just anything. But once winter kind of hits, I want to put a thicker pair of gloves. And I actually leave the originals there by adding a second pair. Because if you're doing anything in snow or ice, which we've done, um, I was surprised how wet you get. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're, you're in Southern California, you don't necessarily think about snow. And you drive up to the snow and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. You get out to maybe get yourself unstuck or just stop to look at the view or do whatever. And before you know it, your shoes are wet, your socks are wet, your pants are wet. And, oh, you did something and you've got your gloves wet. So I always recommend that wintertime definitely have a second pair of gloves because, as you know, you know, Larry, right? You're going to have to, you're going to, one pair is going to get wet. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I get pretty excited um, around snow. So, yeah, there's going to be some moisture. Oh, jeez. That's not what we're talking about. 
Oh my gosh! Oh. Hey, quick question on the gloves. It just dawned on me. Yeah. It, it, don't um, uh, motorcyclists have gloves that have uh, hard plastic, like over the the knuckles, to help protect in case you you uh, fall off the bike or uh, Bill pops a wheelie and, and leaves you behind? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't Actually, that be Wouldn't that be great uh, for? Uh, I mean, it's it's a nice self defense thing too. If you have that uh, the extra punching power, and you can still warm your hands. Mm-hmm. The problem with those gloves is they get to be so big in a sense that it makes it hard to do anything and uh, function. Yeah. So that's, yeah, the motorcycle, we've got like four different layers of gloves from super light when it's 110 out or 115 all the way down to when you're riding in 30 or 20 degree temperature. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing I had too is, Larry, you, this would be good for you, but what do you do differently for your dogs and also for listeners, your kids? Do you have to add anything to your Jeep for winter? Do you think about that? What, what, what do you do for Duke? Well, really, the only thing that we change there is I've, I typically will leave water in, water in it for uh, him in the summertime. Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. most of that out. Obviously, I don't want it freezing in the Jeep. It's of no use to him then. But for the most part, other than that, that's maybe maybe put a blanket on the back on the on the cover because it's going to get sloppy pretty quick mm-hmm. from his feet yeah i do the same thing with the dog water but i also bring some extra towels because if they're playing in the snow or oh, they get it wet, good point yes the mud or something like that i don't really want that all over the jeep necessarily well, so I can you do don't it. want it freezing on them either so well yeah so that's something that i do and then for kids i guess you just need to think about them as far as gloves extra pair of clothes probably you know that whole thing pretty soon you're packing the whole darn suitcase if you've got kids you're taking in the wintertime but it is things that i think people that are maybe are new to wheeling in the wintertime don't think about that you need to plan for what if you get stuck what if you can't get out what if you just something happens you broke down and now you're in the snow well your kids are not going to be happy just sitting in that jeep the whole time waiting for someone to come rescue you they're going to want to get out and play in it so think ahead with that same with your dogs you know, we always talk about bringing extra water and making sure that you have stuff to keep them comfortable and also extra food for you as well, because, you know, anything can happen. We've been out and you're on a trail and before you know, it's getting deeper and deeper. And now you can try to back out and go back the other way. That makes for a very long trail ride. So I'm just going to encourage people to think about winterizing your Jeep on the inside, not just your outside stuff as well. So would it be and worth uh, carrying some some uh, not necessarily emergency gear, but some uh, uh, some thermal blankets and type thing in case you do get stuck? And also, yeah. too, how much uh, how much fuel do you make sure that you have uh, in the vehicle, uh, or do you fill up before you? But make sure that you fill up so in case you do yeah. get stuck, that you can actually run the heater for uh, yeah. longer. I would highly recommend you start with a full tank in the winter, for sure, for that exact reason, mm-hmm. because you just don't know. And you might be out helping somebody else, and you're fine, but your family or whoever's with you needs to stay warm. And I'll tell you, when you're out in that really, really cold temperature, if there's wind blowing, it goes right through whatever equipment. And for those of us in Southern California, we cannot buy the right equipment to wear as far as jackets and gloves to keep that wind and that cold out. Well, they, that are they call Colorado, it cancer in California, right? Is that what, <laughs> what you're saying? Like yeah, exactly. The, the water or the gloves? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everything. Uh, you know, everything. You know, Wendy, one thing I would suggest, though, is uh, especially if you spent all summer long wheeling, water crossings, you know, Ooh, in yeah. water quite a bit. Ooh. You might want to go through and check all your fluids, like diff fluids yeah, and transmissions yeah, and everything absolutely. else. Because once it starts freezing and that stuff mm-hmm. starts getting cold, you can very well run into some issues there. You know, and yeah. you, sh- you should you should check at least once a year anyway all your fluids. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting water intrusion into any of that, you'll definitely want to get that out there before. Yeah, it's, and you may uh, not find out until it freezes. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And then it's too late. <laughs> and, and, and while it might never totally freeze. The damage that it could do if it's partially, you know, as it freezes, it'll get thicker. Yeah, expands or contracts or whatever and cracks mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so so you winter people that actually have winter, uh, do you actually do something, carry something like a, uh, a jump starter type thing? So that, because, uh, you know, batteries uh, have a tendency to fail in, very, in hot weather and in cold. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's part of our gear that we carry. Um, for us, but it's just a reminder to everybody who's coming out because it's beautiful when you come to the mountains and it's snow everywhere and it's pretty and you're thinking this is going to be fun, but you don't realize if you haven't been on that trail for a while, how deep it is, you know, and our storms this year have changed a lot of our trails 
So what you thought was a good line that you've taken the whole time, you know, years now, all of a sudden you're taking a different line. Well, once the snow covers that, you know, is that good or bad? Sometimes the snowpack gives you a different line and you can get up things easier. Sometimes it can actually create more problems because you didn't realize how deep it is. So we don't have any snow in our mountains yet. Um, I don't even know if there's a forecast for it for a while. So I just like to bring up the winterizing our Jeep and let people know that it is something to think about because you don't want to get caught out there in that cold and it is bitter at times. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about this every year and I think it's important enough for us to to cover this stuff. So uh, be yeah. safe out there. And uh, uh, thank you, Wendy, for actually bringing this uh, to our attention again, even though it uh, makes no damn difference to me here in Southeast Texas. <laughs> yeah, to you, it's <laughs> you're, two, you're two days a winter. I find yeah. it I find it interesting, though, because it's, it's something that uh, I've never experienced. And mm-hmm. uh, who knows? I, I may actually be in, in that environment. I mean, uh, EJS is a week earlier this year, and I know there's yeah. been discussion about it's probably going to be snowy and icy. You uh, never know with the winter. Yeah. Out. You just don't. So th- those are things that you would be thinking about is bringing those layers, an extra pair of gloves, stuff that you can. I'm going to bring long control. pants uh, for and sure. That too. <laughs> and layers <laughs> for sure. Because, uh, and Larry can attest to this, man, once you get cold, it, cold. It's, it is tough. And, you know, the wind blows through that. And I'm sure in our upper states, it's probably a nastier cold than what we've experienced down here. But it's uh, I can just from experience. No, thank you. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I saw that Seinfeld episode where Kramer uh, Kramer's car, core temperature dropped and he couldn't warm up. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, that, and that's a serious thing, by the way. Hyperthermia, it'll it'll take you. So you've just got to make sure that if you're the driver, that you're taking care of everybody who's with you and that they know to bring layers, bring extra things, whatever, and make sure that your Jeep is, you know contained and you're able to, to give them a good ride so mm-hmm. anyway keep dog can be fun. a layer that's, that's true right. that's true <laughs> no kidding so just keep a uh mcdonald's uh, sandwich in your pocket yeah if you're ready for the great outdoors make sure your jeep and truck are too ready to haul ready to tow and ready to take along everything you need for a day on the water or a day break in the woods because no matter what kind of game you're chasing we say bring it To the honey hole, to the hunt, to whatever you love to do and whatever outdoor brings your way. Because you can't bring home a trophy unless you bring a truck or a Jeep off-road vehicle that's got your back. Real Truck. Bring your truck to life. Real Truck recently sponsored Ultimate Adventure 2023, the week-long hardcore off-road trip created by former Pearson's four-wheel and off-road magazine editor Cole Quindell as a four-wheel drive off-road alternative to Hot Rod Magazine's Power Tour. Read all about this year's ultimate adventure through Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Kentucky on Real Source, written by Vern Simmons. Welcome to Fabricating Frenzy with Larry, also known as Jeeping Moe, whose hair is not curly. All right, so buying new wheels can be confusing, and you're asked to do math, and then asked to guess how your wheels are going to (laughs) fit. So let's look at some of what it takes to spec out your wheels. So first, let's look at the width. Now, the wheel width is taken from bead to bead. That's not from outside to outside. The bead is actually on the inside lip. So if... If you're, uh, I'm getting my my spelling corrected as we as we're as we're typing here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So never fr- never change show notes while somebody's reading them. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So from B to B, the bead is actually on the inside of the tire. Now, usually the lip on both sides of the bead will be the same, but you do, you always want to check that because that's going to influence some other other measurements that we're going to have to take. So when you say an eight-inch eight-inch wheel, don't measure on the outside of it. Now let's talk backspacing and how do you measure it? Well, that is measured from the outside of the wheel to the hub mounting surface. Uh, you know the flange that you would bolt onto your hub to the outside. That's that's typically your backspacing. Now as long as your Flanges are the same on both sides. Just measure from the outside of the wheel to the hub, and you and there won't be any issues. Now that measurement will be in inches, and that'll be key here in a few minutes. Now you can lay the wheel down, and using a straight edge, 
measure that from the rim to the hub, but most wheels or most tires stick up above the, the rim itself. So you can measure down to the rim and subtract that as you go down to the hub itself. Like I said, there's some mathing you got to do on some of this. Now, you'll have backspacing, but you'll also hear terms like offset. So offset is a little different. Offset is from the center of the wheel, and that's from your from the flange to the center from bead to bead. So if you were to measure from bead to bead and draw a theoretical line down the center of that tire, or the center of that rim, if that flange is on the center, then you have zero offset. But if the flange is more to the outside of the vehicle, that is considered a positive offset. And if it moves towards the inside of the vehicle or inside of the rim, that is typically a negative offset. Now, how do you measure offset? So if you take that flange, if you take the center of that rim and go to, go to the flange, so from the flange to the center, that is going to be your offset, and that's in millimeters. For some odd reason, they measure backspace in inches and offset in millimeters. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. And when I was looking this up, I kept finding that, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And every place I found it's the same exact way, and many people reference that they put flop to two, so you have to convert one to manage the other. But the easy way to get to your uh, offset is if you take that backspacing number and basically subtract that from half your wheel, that'll be your offset. And remember that if you're trying to push the wheel inboard, you want a positive offset. And if you want to push the wheels out, you have to get a negative offset. And it can be somewhat confusing, and typically when people do, don't go through and try to figure out which is which is where the wheel spacers come out, right? <laughs> yeah, because wheel spacers are good for positive offset, aren't they? <laughs> usually. <laughs> but keep in mind that offset and backspace aren't always relative because you can always have, you could have a, a series of rims and they all have the same offset. But if they're different widths, the backspacings will all be different, right? So just remember that offsets from the center and backspace is from the very back of the rim. And that way you can try to go through and, you know, figure out what rim you want. But just remember that for some reason, the guy who figured all this out did some in inches and some in millimeters. I guess he's trying to appease both crowds. But I... But if you go out to the show notes, I did put some pictures in there of backspacing and offsets. So if you like, if you look more of a visual, you can go out there and see those pictures and get what, what a positive offset and a negative offset really is. Mm -hmm. It's a little confusing. Pictures really help. And of course, uh, you can look at our show notes for episode uh, 938 at jeeptalkshow.com. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, on the Zoom call, you guys talked about wheeling alone and uh, getting stuck or broken down. I got to tell you, I go wheeling alone by myself all the time. And when I say wheeling, it's mostly just fire service roads, which are some pretty rough dirt roads, nothing too bad. And I'm really not anywhere where I can't hike out within a day. And I always bring uh, a little bit of supplies. I keep an MRE in the Jeep just in case uh, I get the notchies. And anytime I've ever gotten stuck, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I'm never alone. There's always a ton of witnesses and people <laughs> to uh, document always. the event. Always. <laughs> well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that. I'm going to start being less condescending. Uh-oh. And since most of you are Wrangler owners and don't know, condescending means talking down to people. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, boys and that. girls, I'll chat you later and you have a good one. Bye. So I have to report that uh, Facebook uh, is trying to keep Nikki G from being on the show. Um, for years now, uh, Nikki G has been sending these uh, updates uh, through Facebook Messenger. And recently, I think it was last week, was the first week that I tried to uh, click on it and download the, the audio file. And download was no longer there. Hmm. So Facebook is trying to silence Nikki G, even though he's 18% funnier. I keep the man down. <laughs> All right. This is a, a really uh, good interview. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in hearing. Uh, so uh, coming up uh, in our next Friday interview episode, just a few days away, interview with uh, Kaylee Peterson of Midland USA, MidlandUSA.com. Uh, Kaylee has a lot of uh, interesting things to tell us about the Midland radios. And of course, we primarily spoke about GMRS. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a great conversation. It was fun. We haven't had Midland on in a long time. And uh, we, uh, we here at the Jeep Talk Show really like Midland radios. So in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, strangely enough, uh, it's a Midland radio. The Midland MXT 105. This is a 5-watt GMRS micro-mobile two-way radio. Off-roading, outdoor, uh, RZR, which I think is uh, Razor, uh, farm, trails, radio, etc. It's $109.99 right there on Amazon. Now, bad price. No, no. And the reason why we picked this one is is that uh, a lot of the well, the radios out there are in the $400 range, anywhere from 350 to 400 or maybe even more. Yep. And if if all you're planning on doing is using the GMRS radio to talk Jeep to Jeep on the trail, you don't need anything more than 5 watts. So you can impress everybody if you want to by getting a, a fancy radio that you can remove the face and all the rest of that stuff if you want to. But this one is just a tiny little standard radio with a display on the front and a, a microphone and an antenna, all for $109. And it's a magnetic antenna. So all you have to do is just run the thing to some metal part. And, and on, the, on the hood is, just, is perfectly fine. So this is going to work a lot better than a handy talkie, one of those little handheld units. Because of the the external antenna and the ground plane action of the, the metal part of the Jeep. So you don't, and, and super, super easy to install. I mean, you literally could put this on a cigarette lighter plug and just uh, throw it into your Jeep and use it for the trail ride. Take it back out, especially uh, if, uh, if you're worried about somebody walking off with it or breaking in to try to steal this thing. Uh, and that's the other great thing. If they know the radios, they're, they know it's not going to be worth them trying to sell this thing for five bucks. Um, after they've stolen it. So this is a, uh, I, I really recommend a, a small uh, radio for a Jeep and five watts, perfectly fine. Uh, Larry, what do you think? Is this a, a good choice? And, and, and be honest, I won't mute you. No, that's, no, I think it is from the standpoint of, I ran for years on just a handheld, mm -hmm. right? It, and it really wasn't until we went to Colorado that I could see the difference, you know, the more wattage, but for, the rest of the trails I've always been on, I always ran a handheld and I could communicate with everybody in the group because I didn't need to talk to someone, 50, you know, 15 miles away because it was in a group that I was with. I was just fine. So this is obviously a little better than a handheld mm -hmm. and a hand good price. Yeah. And the antenna inside the inside the Jeep. And even though it's a fiberglass top, uh, the, it still doesn't work as well as an external antenna. Wendy, what right. do you think? Um, it, I think it's a great price. I think it's a good start. I think it's awesome. My question would be that antenna, because we had to move ours to the front of our Jeep. They were in the back, both the GMRS and the ham uh, antennas, and they were getting interference from all the metal. Yep. We have a metal tire cover or tire holder in the right. back. So my question would be, do you have to get this tuned, this antenna for this radio, or can it just plug and play, go for it? Uh, and where do you put it? And you need to think about that because we were not able to reach out even with our 50 watt GMRS um, because we had to move that antenna. But now that we have it moved, it's fabulous. There's no interference. So I'm going to try not to, to geek out too much on this. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, the what can happen? Uh, so uh, does, does anybody know about SWR? 
standing wave ratio does that sound like a, yes. a thing you guys know about okay heard of it yes yeah so basically it's a measure of output power versus power that's reflected back to the radio mm-hmm. and and if your standing wave ratio basically your forward power and reflected power uh, if the reflected power is too high not only are you not getting as much wattage out whenever you're transmitting it, that's being reflected back into your radio and the longer you transmit, the hotter that the, those transistors are that, that is creating the power, the hotter they're going to get uh, until they stop working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, 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 you can measure SWR. Now, the really nice thing about the frequency range that the GMRS radios operate on, um, you do not have to worry about antenna tuning. Because the antenna works over a very, very wide range of frequencies. Uh, unlike some of the, the lower frequencies, which it, it can be very sensitive to antenna length. So as long as your coax is okay, as long as your antenna is a GMRS antenna, and uh, of course what you just mentioned, Wendy, as long as you're not reflecting that RF output mm-hmm. from a metal source, then it really is just just go blow and go. Now, yeah. I often recommend not running 50 watts unless you have to because um, in a, S, a high SWR, high reflected uh, RF power uh, situation, you're going to be reflecting a lot more power in to your radio, causing it yeah. to fail quicker. And they're a lot better now than they used to be. Uh, and actually, a lot of the radios will uh, cut back on the amount of power that's being put out whenever it sees that the the SWRs are too high, that the reflected mm-hmm. power is too high. So it kind of tries to save you. But uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with putting an antenna on the front of the Jeep. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's perfectly fine. Uh, it uh, I, I think it does work better uh, on in the center of uh, like on the, the roof. But yes. like I mentioned earlier, since we have fiberglass and cloth tops, you, yeah. really, you really can't put it up there because there's no metal reflected. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to put it on the back or on the front. And in my opinion, on the front is always a much better place because you want to keep at least, uh, for a GMRS radio, you want to keep at least seven inches of, uh, you want to keep it away from, it, uh, uh, from the other metal on the Jeep at least seven inches away. Yeah, and what's nice about these radios is the antennas are tiny. You know, oh, I think yes. the old days you think about a radio, oh my gosh, you got this big, huge, you know, thing that you're attaching somewhere else on the Jeep. That is not the case. So it's really nice. And we do a lot of trails and, you know, they're in the front. Um, they're actually a little bit shorter than what would be a typical standard antenna that used to come on cars. You guys all remember that, right? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for the regular radios. Um, so just for listeners, it's like, this is a really good radio. This is a great price. It's going to be excellent for what you're talking about, Tony. This is, it's a really good deal. And that is a full quarter wave antenna. And if you were Mm -hmm. running a CB, that quarter wave antenna would be 106, I think 106 inches long, nearly nine feet long. Yeah. And and the reason for that is the frequency in which the radio is transmitting and receiving on. Mm -hmm. So there's a relationship between antenna length and the frequency. And this is another reason why GMRS radio is so much better than CB because instead yes. of having that big, huge antenna or even the yeah. four foot trucker type antennas, mm-hmm. which is a compromise, it's it's basically got a loading coil that heats up and doesn't function as well as a full quarter wave antenna. So this is a full quarter wave antenna that, that comes with this thing. And that's amazing to me. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, and as the frequency goes up, not the, on GMRS, but on the other services, as the frequency goes up, the antennas get shorter and shorter and shorter. Amazing. Just amazing. So, yeah. Good yeah. find. I yeah. like it. So good is that, find. So is that a magnetic base on that? It is. Mm-hmm. You think you could, you think that would be like a, a non-marring or non-scratching where you could, you could actually stick it to a, a hood of, or something like that? I don't. I don't think you'd have a problem with it. Uh, I mean, I it could make yeah. a. It could make. It could do some scratching. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's probably a, a kit in there when you buy the radio to be able to physically attach it, not just do magnetic. We might guess. I think with this one or is. You can buy it. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is only magnetic. It's part of this uh, this kit for. I mean, one hundred nine dollars. You got everything you need here, other than hooking it up to power. But yeah, absolutely. They're they they make antennas uh, that uh, are less than fifty bucks and mounts and stuff. And uh, they're very easy to install uh, and, and, and really not difficult to run the, the cable for permanent installation, which I highly yeah. recommend. Larry, you have the Washon, uh, was it uh, KG-1000? Ocean. Ocean? Yes. Yes. And yes. Uh, that, that's a nice radio. And you actually have yours, uh, the face, because you could remove the face from that radio. You've actually got the faceplate uh, mounted up high. 
uh, in right. the the center. Uh, I think you did a 3D printing so that you could actually uh, uh, just clip that thing in, and uh, it's up really nice and high where you can see to it. And it keeps Duke from getting over there and, and causing mm-hmm. trouble on GMRS. Oh, he's it, always, yeah, he's always playing on it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be changing the channels. <laughs> trying, trying to reach McDonald's on it. <laughs> send it. me, send me something, man. I'm dying here. So, uh, but that's a really nice radio. I really like that radio and it's, it's very, uh, what I, what I'm used to being a ham radio operator, it's very uh, much like a ham radio operator, but of course I'd be a ham radio, but it it is uh, very much a GMRS radio that uh, Mm -hmm. is is a very good choice. But uh, Larry, would you pay for it? 400 bucks? Yeah, exactly. If you, (laughs) it is, they are a little pricey and I had to save some pennies up for it. Yeah. I mean, to, to the point of this radio you're showing here for, $109. $109. I mean, it's a pretty cheap entry point. Yep. And it, it, it'll get you out on the trail, get you talking. And, you know, I, I would bet you probably 95% of all the talking I do on that on that 50 watt radio I have, I didn't need anything close to that. Exactly. To yeah. And, and the other way you can look at this is it's an investment, like uh, Wendy said, a starter drug where you can get this thing and then maybe uh, your wife's vehicle uh, that you need to talk to her or your husband's vehicle. If you're, mm-hmm. if you have a, a high power, uh, really professional installed GMS radio in your Jeep, uh, if you have one of these things, it doesn't mean you have to throw it away. Uh, with a magnetic antenna and the cigarette lighter plug. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could Super just hand easy. it to them if in case yep. you needed to communicate while you guys are traveling uh, to grandma's house or across country or, or whatever. And and now you can stay in communication without having to look at a phone, dial the number, uh, wait for the answer, uh, wait for them to answer. Uh, the two-way communication is just so convenient. Quick. Yeah, it's nice on trails, too. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So easy. Yeah. Very easy. Uh, Nikki G was uh, was uh, cracking jokes uh, at the last uh, Jeep Talk Show oh, Texas event. I, I can see him doing that. <laughs> we had him flexed out on a rock. I love it. Perfect. So yeah, we think this is really cool. And of course, you can find uh, this uh, uh, Amazon link that we have in our show notes uh, for the MXT 105 radio. Uh, just go to this episode 938 at jeeptalkshow.com. All right, well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve the show and reach more Jeep enthusiasts like yourself. Also, don't forget uh, to follow us on social media, like the, the Instagram. Instagram is the best place. I've said that one several times, but Instagram is a really good place. Uh, the, most recently, we posted up pictures from a, a Jeep meet at uh, the uh, the Katy Crossings uh, Ice House. Uh, it was really nice. There was a 30 or, or so Jeeps out there. That was fun some, to see that. Yeah, some yeah. of them heavily modified. And, yeah. Uh, uh, that we made some uh, some some nice uh, contacts there, handed out some stickers, and uh, I'll be talking to you here in the future about a, a monthly uh, meetup there at the the Katy Crossings uh, Ice House for all you uh, Houston local area people that if you'd like to come out. But uh, we'll we'll let you know more about that here in the future. Finally, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you'll find multiple ways to contact us. Oh, and you can also become a Patreon subscriber there as well. Don't forget about our Discord server. We'd love to have you on our Discord server as well. If you don't know what it is, just uh, join, and you'll find out very quickly, and you'll be uh, really sad that you didn't join earlier. <laughs> so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Jeep Talk Show. Broadcasting since 2010.